Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. Today, we are starting a two-week series titled Strange Gifts. Strange Gifts. And you may be asking, Pastor, what do you mean by strange gifts? Okay, and I'm glad you asked, all right? So the, the vision behind this series is to teach you that in life, you're going to receive a lot of strange gifts from other people, from situations, in order to value the good gift when it comes, okay? Let me ask you this question. Raise your hands high if you've ever received a really bad gift for Christmas. How, come on, everybody in the room right now, you know you received something bad from somebody that you didn't want. You did everything you could not to show your emotions on your face and you wanted to be like, thank you so much for this cheese grater. I'm really excited about this, right? Or maybe you're young right now and you've been nudging the grandpa, hey, I want that new PS5. But instead of a PS5, you got that Atari because grandpa thinks retro is cool. I gotta be honest, I agree with grandpa. I think retro is cool too. Or maybe you've been telling mom and dad, I'm ready for a new car. I need, I need a brand new car. And in your head, you see like leather seats, heat, uh, heat warmers, seat warmers, and the touch screen and the backup camera and everything you've ever wanted. But instead, you got a car. You got one. It's missing some hubcaps. And every time you crank the engine, it likes to scream at you to let you know what's barely still living, okay? But that's what you got. That's the gift that you received. And this made me laugh because when me and my wife first got married, uh, one of our first Christmases together, she kept telling me about this recipe that she saw online and she needed a crock pot for it. So as a good husband, I'm like, okay, okay, you need a crock pot, all right? And, and now, listen, I got her other gifts, so don't go, you know, blaming me, but I decided to get her a crock pot and I wrapped this thing and crock pots are big. And so uh, every day she was looking at this really big gift under the tree, wondering, what is this? What is this going to be? And then on Christmas day, she opened it and I'm excited. And she looked at me and clearly it was not the expression I thought I would see back. And I soon realized that a crock pot is not an acceptable gift on Christmas that is a need but not a gift that you get on Christmas. So any new husbands in the room, let me tell you right now, let me encourage you, if you got a crockpot, take it back, okay? While there's still time. But in life, you're gonna receive a lot of bad gifts in order to value the good gift when it comes. So the title of today's message is just that. I wanna talk about the bad gifts that we receive in life. And so this week and next week, I'm going to show you guys some parallels between the story of Joseph and the story of Jesus. But today we're going to talk about the story of Joseph. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50, that's actually at the end of the story. But we know that in the beginning, Joseph received a really good gift from God. What was that gift? A dream a vision for the future, that there was a hope that one day he would be in authority, he would have this position over his own family and that they would bow down to him. Now think about it like this. He was also 17 years old. If you were 17 and had a vision that your family would bow down to them, how would you relate the message? How would you tell them about what God showed you? Well, let me tell you how it went down in his family. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 says it like this. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they were excited. They loved what he had to say. They loved that he had this vision. No, in fact, the scripture tells us that they hated him even more. What does this tell us today? That listen, just because you heard a big vision from God doesn't mean you should share it right away. 
with everybody around you because not everybody is for you. Not everybody understands what God is doing in your life. And some people are going to laugh at you and look at you like you're crazy. There's no way God could ever do that in your life. So here's my advice. Take what God has given you. Have certain people in your life that you could share it with, that you can trust, that will invest in you, but don't tell everybody else and allow God to work it out. Because in the end, when they see the miracle, that's when people run to you. Instead of talking, 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 walk the walk. Follow what God has in your life, okay? But let's look at chapter 50 out of the book of Genesis. Let me give you some background here. Joseph's father, Jacob, has just died, okay? He's just died. They just went through the whole burial process. Joseph is grieving, and his brothers are now like, uh-oh. Uh, listen, dad is dead. And since dad is dead, that means Joseph can now take revenge on us for everything that we did to him. Anybody got siblings in the room? You ever like did something to your sibling and you just know the moment that mom and dad walk out of the room, they're going to get you back? Like they're going to do something or, or say something, right? They're waiting on this moment. They're talking to each other like, listen, Joseph is going to get us back. He's going to take revenge on us. So we need to come up with a plan. And the plan was really bad and Joseph saw right through it. So let's look together. Genesis chapter 50. Verses 14 through 21 says, after burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him for his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became very fearful. Now, Joseph, they said, will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong that we did to him. So they sent this message to Joseph, and this was a lie. Before the father died, he instructed us to say to you, this is a lie, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong that they did to you for their sin in treating you so cruelly. For we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. I want you to notice how Joseph responded. How did he respond? The next verse says that when Joseph received the message, he broke down and he wept. Why did he weep? Because at this moment, he realized that his brothers still didn't get it. At this moment, he realized the complicated relationship that they had. He forgave them so long ago. He wanted to share his love and his grace with them. But instead, they only thought he shared this grace because dad was alive and now dad was gone. So he thought that they would bring revenge upon them. But he saw this and it made him break down. And so let's continue the verses. It states, then his brothers came and they threw themselves before Joseph. And they said, look, we are your slaves. And Joseph replied, do not be afraid. And he said, am I God that I can punish you? For you intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good. And he brought me, God brought me to this position today so that I could save the lives of many people. So do not be afraid. And I will continue to take care of you and your children. And so today, here's what I want to do. I want to share three points with you to teach you about how these bad gifts that Joseph received led him to value the good gift from God in the end. Let me say it like this. You intended to harm me with bad gifts, but God took these bad gifts to help me receive the good one in the end. So point number one is this. I want to talk about the bad gift of rejection. The bad gift of rejection. If you've ever felt rejection in your life from your family, from a relationship, or even from your friends, you know that it hurts. You know that it's difficult to process, especially if you feel alone and feel like nobody is on your side, okay? And I wanna make this very clear about the story of Joseph. We all have sins. 
We all have fallen short, and this is why we need the grace of God. The only one that is perfect is Jesus Christ because he is the Son of God. So every Bible character that we read besides Jesus has fallen short and has done something. And we see in the beginning that Joseph had some sin in his life. The problem that he had was that he liked to exalt himself. He liked to talk about the favor that he had on his life. Listen to it like this. Genesis chapter 37, verse 8 states it like this. So they hated him even more. For telling them about his dreams and for his arrogant words. Think about it. Age 17. He already had so much favor in his life. It was hard to contain himself and not share everything that God was doing for him. And some of the reasons that we know that he acted this way is because we also know that he was the favorite child. He was dad's favorite. Anybody the favorite child in the room? Raise your hand. Uh, trick question, some complicated conversations later. All right, listen to this. Genesis 37, verse three, I'm a nerd, so you just gotta do it with me. All right, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. And Joseph had been born to him in his old age, and that's why. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. It was a beautiful robe. And because of this robe, his brothers hated Joseph even more because their father loved him the most than the rest of them. So they said this, or they couldn't even speak a kind word over his life. Listen, they hated Joseph so much that they could not speak one kind word to him. Have you ever had that happen in your life? Somebody hurt you so bad that every time you see them, your blood boils. You feel like you can't speak one good word over their life. You feel like you can't be around them. Otherwise, you're going to black out and you're going to say something you didn't mean. This is what hate will do inside of your heart. And I'm going to show you that that hate was there and because it wasn't brought to God. It kept stirring up and stirring up and becoming something worse over time. But his brothers couldn't even say one kind word to Joseph. And for some families today, this feeling of a favorite in the family has really led to a lot of hurt and pain. A lot of struggles. And we can joke about it and we can say, yeah, yeah, I'm the favorite or they were the favorite. But for a lot of us, it was a big deal. It was hard. Maybe your entire life you tried to get the approval of mom and dad, but you just never measured up to your brother. And maybe your brother had all the talents and he had the academics going for him or he was good at sports and he was able to do all these things. And every time you did something, it was like you were always second best and you felt that, but it hurt because it came from your own family. Those that you loved the most. Or maybe every time you ask mom and dad for something new, you just got hand-me-downs. But every time your little sister wanted something new, she got the new new, right? She got everything that she wanted. And so you look at her and you're like, how come she gets everything and I don't? Have you ever said that to your parents? You ever said it to God? How come they get everything that I want? How come they had the relationship? How come they had the house? How come they had the best job? God, how come they have everything that I want right now? Does anybody even notice me in this moment? Or maybe you have siblings that were admired. People knew who they were, but you just feel completely alone. I want to make this very clear to you today. Listen, if you do not give over to God, this bitterness inside of your heart, it will always become an issue of division. Every single time. It will divide you and your relationships. It will divide you and your family. And ultimately, here's what the devil wants to do in your life. It will divide your relationship with God. Because again, you point the finger, God, how come you gave them everything that I wanted, but you're not giving me anything that I'm praying for today? This can just boil inside of you and overflow out of your heart. And we see this now. And Joseph's family dynamic 
And I'm sure the dad making him a coat of many colors wasn't the brightest idea. It wasn't the greatest idea because now he has a red target on his back. Look at Joseph. Again, it's a reminder, right? For his brothers, he's got what we don't. He has what we don't. And I'm upset and I can't stand this. And listen, I also want to make this clear. This is why God is so good. Because God never plays favorites. God never plays favorites because if God did, he would have given the Jews way more than us. Because first to the Jew, his blessings were for the Jew. Salvation came to the Jews, but because he's so loving and so good, salvation also came to the Gentiles. Guess what? We're the Gentiles. And because of that, because he doesn't just show favoritism, because he loves all, we all receive the same blessings when we follow Christ Jesus. Romans chapter two, verse 10 and 11 and there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first, and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism, right? But Joseph knew that he was the favorite, that he was the family favorite, that he was his dad's favorite. He also had this entitlement about himself. Why? Because he received the dream. Again, he saw his family bowing down to him. And so when he shared the vision and his excitement about himself, they couldn't catch on. You want to know why? He made the vision about him. It was never about him. It was never just for him. It was to save the people. It was also to save his own family. So God had to humble him. In this moment, because all he did was brag about himself. And because he bragged about what God was doing in his life, they could no longer hear the words of God. When you're sharing with other people about how good God is, are you really trying to share with them and witness with them? Or are you just bragging about what's happening in your life? Let me say it like this. Whenever you brag about what God is doing in your life and making the vision all about you, other people will not follow. When you brag about what God is doing in your life and make the vision all about you, other people will not follow you because, again, it's not about you. It is always about Jesus. And every vision that comes in your life, it's exciting, yes, but it's meant not only to bless you, but all the people around you as well. And so guess what? In this story, in comes the gift of rejection from his brothers. They can't stand him. They don't want to be around him. He's always talking about himself. How come we don't have this in our lives? But I want to show you something very interesting about the story that many of us overlook, okay? So let's start back in Genesis chapter 37. And this is kind of where everything goes down. The brothers have disappeared for some time. And they were supposed to go into the land of Shechem to feed the flock, but they're not coming back on time. And so Jacob gets a little bit worried, and he starts to wonder a few different things. Maybe something has happened to them, or maybe they're just rebelling again and not listening, and they're delaying the whole trip. So he comes to Joseph because he can trust Joseph. Because remember, throughout the scripture, Joseph would give bad or good reports about them, but all the time it said it was bad about his brothers. So Joseph comes up to Jacob, and Jacob says, listen, I want you to go to the land of Shechem to check on your brothers and bring them back. Genesis chapter 37, verse 12 and 13. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flock at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers, aren't they pasturing the sheep at Shechem? And he's really asking a question here. He said, get ready, and I'm going to send you to them. And I feel like when we read the story, we think, okay, it's just the other side of the field. No. So 
they're in the area of Hebron and they got to go to Shechem. Guess what? That's a two-day journey. From Hebron to Shechem, that is actually a two-day journey. And then the scripture tells us that Joseph did not find him until he went into the land of Dothan. Okay, Dothan is about 15 miles farther north. Genesis chapter 37, verse 17. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan. That's where he found them. Now, I already told you, I'm going to show you some parallels about the story of Joseph and the story of Jesus. And so many believe that it took him, listen, three days to find his brothers on this journey. From Hebron to Shechem to Dothan took about three days possibly to be able to find his brothers here. But that's not even the most interesting part to me. The part I believe we overlooked the most is that a random man came out of nowhere and told him exactly where he needed to go. And I'm sharing this with you because the Bible never just mentions a forgettable character for no reason, right? Every time the Bible mentions a character, it's important to understand that this person is going to do something that will affect the story. You need to pay attention to this person. And this man, guess what, could have been left out. He could have been completely left out of the story. It wouldn't matter to us. But the Bible is showing us, hey, this man came out of nowhere to direct his path. Genesis chapter 37, verse 15 through 17. When arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. He said, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for my brothers. Joseph replied, do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved on from here. But I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them. Again, who is this man? I wanted to uncover the mystery for you all today. Okay, and I dove deep. And a lot of commentators actually say he was just the man in the right place at the right time. And he directed his path because he knew where his brothers were at at that time. But what interested me a lot was that according to a lot of Jewish commentators, they believe it was an angel. They actually believe this was the angel Gabriel. And part of the reason is that it's, it's recorded this way in the book called the book of Jasher. Now, if you don't know what the book of Jasher is, it's mentioned a couple of times out of scripture. Joshua chapter 10, verse 13, something I read about two weeks ago about the story of Joshua making the sun stand still. It says this in verse 13, is this event not recorded in the book of Jasher. Now, I do not believe that the book of Jasher is the inerrant word of God, but I do believe it's a historical reference to give more insight into the Bible, especially what the Jews believed. And here's what it said out of the book of Jasher. It said, an angel of the Lord found him wandering in the road toward the field. And Joseph said unto the angel of the Lord, I seek my brothers. Do you know if they, where they are feeding the flock? So let's make it more interesting. The first theory is just a man. The second theory is that this is the angel Gabriel. The third theory is this. The way the book of Jasher mentions him, the angel of the Lord, is the same way the Bible mentions Jesus every time Jesus shows up. Pretty interesting. And again, the Bible never just shows you a character, a forgettable character for no reason. He clearly needed to be in the story because this man led him down this direction. I wish I could tell you exactly who this man is, but I don't know. Could have been a man. Could have been an angel possibly could have been Jesus. But here's what I do know is that God wanted Joseph to go down this direction. God was leading Joseph down this path. He never would have taken himself. If he knew what was about to happen, if he knew all the trials that were coming his way, he never would have chose to go that way because everything that happened to him made him question what God spoke over him. God, you spoke this position over my life, this authority that's supposed to come to me. And now I'm in a pit. 
Now by my own flesh and blood, they hurt me. They stripped me of my father's gift and they sold me as a slave. God, how am I supposed to get out of something like this? And maybe right now you've heard a word from God over your life and where you're going. But nothing around you makes sense, does it? Nothing you see right now in your environment makes sense. I'm telling you right now, hold on to the words of God and let that bring peace from above. Because God's will will always be done. Okay? This man needed to come out and show him the direction that he needed to go. And if you're here last week, I said sometimes God will send you into a storm on purpose to accomplish a greater good in the end. What's the greater good here? See, this to me is the biggest revelation out of the story of Joseph. I love this. Genesis chapter 45, verse 5 and 6. When the brothers found out who Joseph was, that he was next to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt, this is what Joseph said, because at this time, they also thought he was about to kill them or punish them. And he said in Genesis 45, verse 5 and 6, it was God who sent me here ahead of you, not you, to preserve their lives. See, this famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. What is Joseph saying? Listen, you meant harm over my life. You sold me as a slave, but because I was a slave, I went into the land of Egypt. Because I was in the land of Egypt, I was able to interpret a cupbearer's dream, even though he forgot about me. When Pharaoh had a dream back to back, he remembered me. And because I knew how to interpret his dream, I was the one, Joseph was saying, I was the one that knew that a famine was coming that would last five years. And if Joseph was not in that jail cell, able to interpret that dream, guess what? Egypt wouldn't have known that the famine was coming. Gets better. If they didn't know that the famine was coming, then that means Joseph's family would have starved to death. <laughs> All that he went through, every bit of it. Random person comes out of nowhere, says, this is the route you need to go. And it led to some difficult times in his life. But in the end, God accomplished a greater good that not only saved his family's life, but saved everybody and brought him to the position that he had been praying for. And guess how it all started? With a really bad gift of rejection. What did Joseph struggle with? Exalting himself. Sometimes it takes being rejected to humble yourself before God. Sometimes it takes feeling the, the feelings of rejection and how bad it can hurt to understand that we serve a God who will never reject you, who will never leave you. That that is the good gift that comes from God that nobody in this world can offer or even come close to. Listen to this. Luke chapter 18, verse 14. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be what? Will be exalted. Joseph had to learn this lesson. And so right now, I don't, I don't know what you're going through. But I don't know what God has spoken over you. But you at this time may feel like you're being humbled. Don't be scared. Keep following the Lord. He will keep leading you and guiding you. And every step of the way, he will be right there giving you peace, even though you can't see peace around you, okay? The bad gift of rejection. Uh, point number two is this, though. I want to talk about the bad gift of hatred. The bad gift of hatred. His brothers hated him so much 
that as he found them in the land of Dothan, as he's walking near them from a distance, they saw him, they hated him, and they plotted to kill him even before he came up to them. Here's what I want to say. They've had hate in their heart for so long, that plan was already there. Think about it like that. They've had hate for him for so long that that plan was already there. They didn't come up with that plan on that spot. They just saw the perfect opportunity to go through it, go through with it. But listen to this. Genesis chapter 37, verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Hatred every time will sprout up in your heart when you believe the lie that others have what you never can. Hatred will always sprout up, sprout up in your heart when you believe the lie that others have what you never will. God, you've given them so much favor. Where's my favor? I can't stand looking at all the blessings that they have because I don't see it in my own life. Let me ask you this question. Why was Joseph favored so much? Why? It's not that Joseph was more favored than his brothers. It's that Joseph favored God more than his brothers favored God. Meaning his brothers were always rebellious. They never listened. Look at the story. They never followed the instructions. The whole reason Joseph is out making sure that they're okay is because they're delaying the process of what their father sent them out to do. We did the same. Delaying the process. God has sent you out on a mission. He created you in his image to believe. But so many of us don't want to listen to God. We want to do our own thing and we walk away and we delay the entire process. And then we see somebody else with favor and we get upset. Right? What does favor come from? Where do blessings come from? Comes from above. When you what? When you follow Jesus, when you follow God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God. And that's it. That's it. No, there's more. Hear the word of God and put it into practice. And here's the good news for you today. There's no cap. There is no cap on the blessings and the favor that God will pour on you. I love this verse out of Genesis chapter 26, verse 12 and 13. It says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him and the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's a lot of prospering. (laughs) That's a lot of favor and blessings. And guess what? In this text too, there was also a famine, but because he followed the Lord, he believed in what the Lord was doing. God was blessing him, blessing him, blessing him. It doesn't matter the economy. It doesn't matter the environment or what's happening around you. When you follow the Lord, favor is always on you. It's not dependent upon the environment. It's dependent upon God. Will you believe him? Do you have faith? And listen, when I talk about obedience, I'm not talking about perfection either. Okay, I'm not talking about, nobody can be perfect. We all fall short. Remember that. We have grace because of God. We, We are saved because of our faith by the grace of God. But when you follow Jesus, you should try to walk like Jesus and be in his word and follow him. All his brothers did, listen, was rebel. You can't keep making the bad, the same bad decisions and blame others for the same bad consequences coming into your life. 
You can't make the same bad decisions over and over again and then blame others for the same bad consequences coming into your life. They always had bad reports because they never listened. They couldn't speak one kind word. Genesis chapter 37, verse four. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. So they couldn't say a kind word to him. And we read that and we say, well, it's the father's fault then. It's Jacob's fault, right? Jacob clearly showed favoritism. Jacob clearly gave him a coat that was different from what anybody else got. Jacob did this. Jacob caused division within the family. It's the father's fault that all this is happening in their life. And maybe right now some things are happening in your life and it's so easy to point the blame. Well, they did this. Her mom did this. Her dad did this. Or my brother did this. It's their fault, right? That this is on my life right now. I need you to understand this. Hate is still a choice. Hate to hate somebody and hate what is going on in their life, that is still a choice that you make. And that is still a choice that you have to own up to before the presence of God one day. Because guess what else is a choice? Forgiveness. Guess what else is a choice? Faith, walking by faith every single day. Today, God, this day is hard. I lost my job or I lost this person and I thought we were going to be together forever and nothing's working out. But you know what? Instead of choosing to be bitter and angry, I choose to have faith. Do something in my life. That's step one of a healing process over your heart and to forgive and to let go of some things that people have done in your life. And you may be saying, but pastor, you don't understand what my family has done. You don't understand what they said about me. You don't understand how I've felt alone all these years. Have I always seen my siblings get everything that I wanted? Where other people get what they wanted, but I never did. And I feel like when I needed them the most, they weren't there. Or pastor, you don't know what it's like to be physically abused. And hurt. And I'm not saying that it's easy or that it happens overnight. I'm just telling you this. Joseph knows how you feel. That's the big revelation about this story. He was abused by his own brothers. He was hurt. He was thrown into a pit. He felt lost and forgotten by the family that was supposed to love him and protect him. They broke his trust, and his heart was broken over his father, whom he thought he would never see again. He knows exactly how it feels, yet Joseph still chose for God to work on his heart. And instead of choosing to hate them every day, he chose to love and to forgive and to overcome because I want to make this clear too. Hating somebody is much deeper than just wanting revenge. It kills the soul. It kills everything about your life. It, it literally takes you away. It divides you from a joy that God wants to put in your life. And for the brothers, do you understand? They, they hated Joseph over his favor that was in his life. But that hate is what rejected the favor over their own lives. They hated Joseph for the favor that he had. 
but that hate in their heart is what rejected the favor that God was going to place on them. They rejected it. They walked away from it because all they could see is what he had. And when Joseph had the chance to hurt them, Genesis 50, verse 19 and 20, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. And he said this, for am I in the place of God? Vengeance is God, is for God, not for me. Meaning I'm not going to put you in your place because if I put you in your place, then I'm putting myself in the place of God. That's not for me. I don't understand why you hurt me or why you said the things that you said about me or why you deserted me when I needed you the most. But here's what I understand. I love the Lord. He has shown me grace, so I forgive you too. And I'm gonna let God handle you. Any judgment doesn't come from me. It comes from the Lord. I'm gonna allow God to handle this situation and I'm going to walk away free from it because hate is still a choice. He said, vengeance is not for me, it's for God. And he said, that's for you. You meant evil against me. But God meant it for the good in order to bring this present outcome that many people would be kept alive. And let me also say this, letting go of hate isn't for you. I mean, isn't for them, it's for you. Letting go of hate isn't for them, it's for you. Because now, listen, you're choosing to decide that their bad actions can no longer haunt your mind. Can't stay in your mind anymore. Can't keep you up at night. Can't be all you think about. Why? Because you've given it over to the Lord. And because he's a good God, guess what? He's going to handle it better than you ever could yourself. So allow it to be let go. Let go. And give it over to God. Listen to somebody next to you and tell them, let go. Because the truth is we're all, we're all holding on to something. There's something in our lives that we're holding on to, that we're not giving over to God. And God wants your mind to be free, your heart to be free. And listen, you can still forgive and keep your distance too, okay? I forgive you, but here's my line. Here's my circle of people that I know invest in me. I want the best for you. I'm not gonna hate you, but I can't just let you back in either, right? Like, oh, the hate, it's a choice but that came from a bad gift of hate. Now, the last point that I wanna make with you today is this, the last bad gift is the gift of being forgotten. Joseph was rejected, he was hated, and then in the end, he felt completely forgotten, right? He thought that they would protect him, but instead they completely ripped apart everything that his father gave him, the gift that his father gave him. They put him in a pit they sold him into slavery they were his own flesh and blood they were supposed to protect him but instead they lied and they said he was dead they broke their father's heart and joseph seemed lost and he seemed forgotten and that may be how you feel right now but listen though he felt lost with people he'd never felt lost with God. And that's what makes all the difference. People may leave you. God never will. People will betray you. God never will. In Genesis chapter 39, verse two, Joseph 
has been sold as a slave to Potiphar. And here's what it says. The Lord was with Joseph. And even as a slave, listen to this. Even as a slave, he became successful and a prosperous man. Guess what? You see the same thing when he went to jail, when he was falsely accused over something he did not do. And he went to jail. He thought he was going to die. The verse starts off and says, but God was with him. He was never alone in the darkest moments of his life. And because he trusted in the Lord and knew this truth, again, he began to prosper and favor never left him. That's what I want you to understand. Stop telling yourself that when your environment changes, then you'll be blessed. Then things will get better. Your environment can be terrible. People around you can be moody all the time. You follow God. There's still favor in your life. God doesn't give you favor just because of the environment. He gives you favor because you follow him and you believe in his word. He gives you favor because you trust in him and you hope for something better and you have the will to follow his will so that you can love people the way he loves people. And I get it, it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But I'm just telling you that even in your lowest moments, when you feel forgotten, you feel alone. You feel helpless and you feel scared. God, I don't have anybody. God, how am I going to pay my bills? God, where am I going in life? It's so easy to ask these questions and believe these lies. And God is just speaking to you. Where you are right now, I'm with you. I'm with you right now in the pit. I'm with you right now as a slave. I'm with you right now, Joseph, in prison. I'm with you in each step of the way. I'm leading you to that position that I have for you, the promise that I spoke over you, but do not give up. And clearly, this is still the beginning of the story. This is as far as I can go today. Because he went to Potiphar's house, received another bad gift of being falsely accused. And then if you know the story, when he went to prison, there were two men in the prison, a cupbearer and a, a baker, and he interpreted their dreams. And the cupbearer said, I won't forget you when he goes back to Pharaoh, but guess what? He was forgotten again. You ever had something happen over and over again? You think that's just how, how good it's gonna be? Well, they forgot me. I'm just gonna be forgotten again. We start speaking this over our life, don't we? Well, they rejected me, so I'm just gonna be rejected again. And you carry it on into every relationship. You carry it on into every friendship into your family, into your workplace, because this has always been spoken over you. What if God is just removing the people that don't need to be in your life to get you where you need to be? What if God is working on your maturity and showing you, hey, you are not alone right now. So he felt forgotten, but here's what I love. He received bad gift after bad gift after bad gift after bad gift until finally the good gift that God promised, he received it, but now he valued it. He no longer exalted himself. Why? Because he was rejected. Why? Because he saw people's hatred. Why? Because he felt forgotten and because these bad gifts were in his life. He now knew, you know what? The world may reject me, but every place I'm at, the Lord is with me. And for us today as believers in Christ, and you may know right now the, the hard feelings of being rejected, how, how bad it hurts. 
But let this bring you peace. John chapter 6, verse 37. Those the Father have given me, Jesus said, will come to me. And I will never reject them. Never. It will never reject you. You can come to the Lord and you can, you can say everything going on in your life. You can talk, you can talk about every mistake Come to the Lord and share your anger about what's happening in your family. Talk to the Lord about somebody who hurt you and say, God, I don't understand. And God is whispering in your ear, you feel this rejection. And Jesus is saying, because the world first rejected me. God knows your pain in this. God knows exactly how you feel when it comes to rejection. But Jesus still on the cross, going through pain and suffering to accomplish what? greater good in the end to save people, to save us as believers in Christ. Joseph received a bad gift of hatred from his brothers, from his own family for him to value. <laughs> Listen to this. Luke 6, 22 and 23. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you followed the son of man. When that happens, be happy. Like, hear me. It's so easy to get depressed. It's so easy to be in feelings, to lost and angry. And God is speaking. Jesus said, listen, when the world hates you because of me, when they mock you, when make fun of you, when they're not there in your life, rejoice. That's when you should be happy. Leap for joy, for a great reward awaits for you in the kingdom of heaven. This world gives you bad gifts, but God is saying what I have for you is good. And when you get into the kingdom of heaven, that good gift is waiting for you. Oh, so many things you don't even know about are coming. That last bad gift of being forgotten, right? Nobody likes to be forgotten. Nobody likes to be alone. But sometimes we, we need to be alone to understand that the Lord will never forsake us. And how good it is to know that the Lord is always, always in our situation. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you, nor will he abandon you. He will lead you every single time. All that Joseph went through, the Lord was still leading him to get exactly where he needed to be. But here's what I want you to realize too. This is so good. Because at the end of the story, we always think of Joseph over his brothers. Just like the dream. Standing over his brothers, they're bowing down. They're asking Joseph, please don't hurt us, don't kill us. Forgive us, right? Joseph stood above his brothers, but listen, he also stood above Potiphar because of his position. You ever thought about that? He also stood above the cupbearer. Everybody that gave him bad gifts, he now stood above them. And he could have chosen hate. He could have chosen, let me reject you so you can see how it feels. He could have chosen, let me make sure you're forgotten so you know what it's like. But instead of choosing the bad gifts that he received from the world, he gave them the good gift that he received from his heavenly father. And he said, I will not be like you. 
I will not act like you. I will not act like the world. I'm not gonna do these bad gifts in your life. I'm gonna push them aside. I'm gonna take what's good from the Father and I'm gonna forgive you for everything that you do. Everything that you do. Every one of them. You understand how many people he could have put into their place. He said, look at me now. But that was the bad gifts that hurt him. It's the good gift that saved his life and saved the lives of many. And so in Genesis chapter 50, 50, 50 verse <laughs> just had to do that at the end, right? Genesis chapter 50, verse 21. <laughs> do not be afraid. I'll continue to take care of you and your children. He reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Why did Joseph say it like this? Because he said, don't be afraid because in every situation, the Lord was with him so he wouldn't be afraid. He said, I'll continue to take care of you and your children. Guess what? In everything that he faced, the Lord continued to take care of him and every need that he had was supplied. And then he spoke kindly to them. He gave them a word. Here's my word. Hold on to my word. Hold on to what I'm saying to you trust that I will never harm you or allow you to fall. You can hold on to God's word today over everybody else's that's come against you. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.